So, what do we do about this situation? Orb adding its strength to that of the Earth forces is a major development. It's gonna change the balance of power, again. Yes, you're right. In which case, the future- Kira! I need your help! <sighs> Good golly. Go ahead and blame it on naive sentiments, but if possible, I want to stop this battle from happening. Orb, my homeland, must not participate in this war. No, not just Orb. The reality is no nation should be fighting. Nobody should fight. We can't let the world go on fighting war after war. That's why I need your help, Kira. Even if it's one step at a time, the world can still turn away. We can leave this misguided path. Even Orb. It's true that for certain reasons, I am presently away from the homeland. However, that does not change the fact that I, Kagaliula Aung, still hold the position of Chief Representative of the Orb Union. I hereby order you. The Orb forces must follow the nation's ideals, cease fighting, and withdraw their soldiers. Immediately! Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that now has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. I'm very tired. My name is Zach. This week we're watching episode 23, The Shadows of War. Thank you for stealing my thunder. You're welcome. It was taking you a bit. You, do you want to do I it? I was completely distracted. No, <laughs> if I wanted to do it, Tyler, I would not ask. I would have just done it and kept you doing it out. Yeah, you know, exactly. That's why I'm offering. So. <laughs> See, I don't even have an excuse. We recorded last week and everything. This is the first time we've recorded at your place in a long time. Yeah, three months. Since the before four times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, and for some reason last week I totally knew how to do this podcast and now I don't. See, now I'm thinking of I am certain of what I want to do next because of the joke I thought up and shared with you guys. And the more I think about this joke, the more I like it. There's an angry boy. There's a sangry boy. There's a sad boy. The sad boy is evolving into determined boy. They're all three in the same place this time. That's true for the first time. Uh, I think ever, actually. Unless you count Orb as the same place. I don't count Orb as the same place because they weren't all physically present in the same area at the same time because Atherin was off doing something and Kira, like, Kira interacted with Atherin and then Kira interacted with Shin, but the three weren't, like, interacting as a unit. I would agree They're with you. all involved in the same battle here. Involved. One of them's doing a lot more than the other two. <laughs> but they are technically involved because they are here. <laughs> and one of them is disarmed. That's true. Yep. And so Shin did stuff last episode. He did. I actually quite like this episode going through. Um, there are a lot of things I don't like because I know of some of the repercussions of this episode, but... I actually did, too. I actually liked this episode. This is weird because I actually really didn't like this one, so... Gotcha. It also made me appreciate last week's more. Like, I was really not into last week's, but they really had, like, a seed dynamic between last week's episode and this one. This one being a lot more action-y and yeah. last week being the, like, rising tension to that. Yeah. And... I feel like if the series was set up differently, this could have been a great episode. Yeah. Even, even as is, I think it's a good episode. 
there are some issues I have with it as well that we'll get into. Oh, it's definitely not perfect. But it's one of the best ones we've seen so far. I think it's like this one. I really like Attack the Lohengrin. We all had our stuff to talk about that one already. And like the Shin defeating the Armada, I think, is also pretty good, despite it having a couple of small issues. Maybe the Asteroid's okay, too, but... The Asteroid was all right. I like that one reasonably well. That also has a lot of repercussions throughout the rest of the show, so... Yeah. Yeah, more like this would be good. I think we're going to get too much like this is what the actual problem with Destiny <laughs> is, but I am the problem with Destiny all along, it turns out. The um, real problem was the friends you made along the way. Yeah. And that's the show. So yeah, Angry Boy, Sangry Boy, Sad Boy. There's also Heine Westenfluss, the very important new guy on the block. Pumpkin Spice. He's got a shiny new goof. Crunchyroll mistranslated the line, and I will never forgive them for it. Hmm. He says the this is no Zaku boy to Stella, and for some reason, Crunchyroll decided to just say, this isn't a Zaku. Oh, I actually got This Isn't a Zaku Boy, um, oh. and I watched it also on Crunchyroll, so yeah, huh. like earlier today, even. There's also Ray and Luna. They're not real characters. It feels like it's been a million years since we saw Mir, but that's only because we saw her before, in the before times, not yeah. too long ago. Yeah, in actual episode time, yeah, it wasn't Episode that long. time, it hasn't been that long, but real life time, it has been for freaking ever. So I guess, shall we just get to it? I feel like there should be more preamble, but I'm really not sure what else to say. Last time, Yuna, an idiot, got tricked by Jabril, a terrible James Bond villain, into taking the Orb military out. They brought one carrier, which I think has 500 mobile suits on it. Wait, (laughs) holy hell. They have six escorts and one carrier. Oh yeah, they they have that, (laughs) yet they have so many Murasames. Yeah, there should not be that many mobile suits on board a carrier. That explains how Shin and Atherin could just keep tearing through them. Um, although They're I all f- shadow clones? <laughs> also, there were 500 of them. I feel like, actually, knowing that, I actually agree with Yuna's strategy of blot out the sun. I think that would have actually no, no, been pretty no. effective. See, what it is, is it's like the Shadow Army from World War II. Most of them aren't real. They're balloons? They're just, like, balloons. This, this isn't Shard's counterattack. We don't get to live in that beautiful world. <laughs> I uh, love those, those so much. I, the new Gundam's, like, balloon fingers are maybe my favorite part about the new Gundam. I didn't... An I excellent never, Gundam. I never knew it had those. Those it are fantastic. It used to send one of its attacks in Super Robot Wars, I think. Uh, I don't know if it did in either in the ones that we had. So, I remember it has balloon fingers. What are they? Are they balloon decoys of the new Gundam? Yeah. Okay. I feel like none of them live for very long before they just I get shot. They also have explosives in them, so if you... I do remember that, because it shoved someone into an asteroid during a fight. Yeah. That's all I remember about Char's counterattack. Oh, you don't remember Amuro leaping from a jeep onto a horse? No, I 100, I 100% remember <laughs> all I of Char's counterattack. Do you remember like. Quest? Yeah, and how... Und- why does anyone like Quest? Although I'm not alone. I'm not the only person who finds Quest to be, like, just the worst. And how yeah. Amuro keeps trying to display bazooka traps for Char. And yes, that's so working. good. You activated my trap card, bazooka. It's like, Amuro, I have been fighting you for 12 goddamn years. Didn't work the first time. You never headshot Cassilia Zabi with a bazooka through a uh, bridge. That was me. Although I do still get the feeling that he's like, eventually, he'll assume I'm never going to use this trick against it's never worked, and it'll catch him. It would be great if it worked on full frontal. Proving he's not a Char, because a real Char could dodge. No, he's literally a clone of Char. Proving he's not a real Char. <laughs> he got the inferior genes, comma, brother. He gets um, killed by Char's ghost coming and saying, nah, that's not what I wanted, bro. <laughs> See, I, I'm hanging out with Lala and Amuro now. It's great. We're ghost friends. <laughs> We're having ghost threesomes all the time. Uh, that's exactly Char-Mello. what I was going to say. <laughs> Rose, many girlfriends aren't allowed to come. Uh, Gundam Sea Destiny. Uh, you can watch it on Crunchyroll, or I think it's still on Hulu. 
or that new dub's got to come out eventually, right? Yeah, when were they, did they ever announce a they, projected timeline for it? It was sometime in 2020, and I don't remember when. It I'm, probably got pushed back due to COVID. I imagine they had already done most of the recording, and now it's just production? Yeah, I don't know, though. Because yeah, it might have been like they cast it, and they had to get people in. I don't know. That's um, fair. I haven't looked it up. I probably should have before I brought it up. But you can watch it there. I like this one. Zach hates everything, and he liked this one. But Tyler, so I guess if you're a case aligned with Tyler, though, maybe you won't like this one. Oh, this episode? I yeah. thought you were still talking about, like, the dub. Uh, no. I mean, this dub This dub has British Arthur. Oh, are we going to lose British Arthur in the new dub? Oh, no! That's his only redeeming quality. <laughs> so this, we're just getting, uh, like, a last, um, last time, more or less. Yep. Mostly from Shin's point of view, being like, no, Baka, I hate Orb. Baka. I don't even want to live peacefully in Orb. Uh, while we're watching this recap, because Sundere. Did you ever play Undertale, Jeremy? I know about the Sundere plane. Yeah, that's all I was going to bring up. So <laughs> it flies really close to you, but doesn't actually touch you. Anyway, they were about to shoot their big super laser. Orb was like, Zono. Their positron cannon. Millie was like, I got to get a good shot of that. And everybody's got reactions. And then Kira just blasts it. I will say... He did kill a couple of people there. Yeah, I was going to say, it's really lucky that no one died in that massive chain reaction explosion that definitely caused. We even see the explosion, so it definitely happened. I do love how nobody seems to know what the freedom is. They all know about it, but they one got a picture of it. Millie wasn't in space photographing it. Well, I don't know that, I don't know that even like Shin really knows yeah. about it, because they know a mobile suit rolled in and did some pretty nasty things in the previous war, but Zapt is sure as hell not going to admit it. they're the ones that built it. I think that's public knowledge, because the justice, like, that Atherin took the justice is known. I don't see any reason that new cadets, especially ones uh, piloting prototype mobile suits, wouldn't have been given, like, information about the freedom and justice. That said, they're not allowed to produce them anymore, so maybe they destroyed the plans. Why, I why figure not? Because it's, nukes? Yes. Yeah, I figure it's more along the lines of they swept the existence of the freedom under the rug because they didn't want to admit that their nuclear-powered mobile suit had been stolen. So they don't want to publicly admit it ever existed. I mean, I can see that, but I feel like the administration right after Patrick Zala would want to bring that up to, like, legitimize themselves The look of all these awful things Patrick Zala did. That's actually a pretty good point. High and Mighty Keller yells at us about military secrets. It is possible that they just... Like, they know, hey, the freedom existed, but no one actually knows what it looks like. They yeah. definitely know it existed, because Arthur has referenced it. Although it might just be, like, commander training. Yeah. It's possible the mooks don't know. They probably don't necessarily know it had these wings, this colored scheme. And had a penchant for showing up to conflicts. And they probably do know it got very destroyed at the end of the Battle of Yakindiwe. It was very beat up. So the Tannhauser is down. So FCS here that they're complaining are down is fire control system, right? I assume so. That'd be my guess. That seems like a really bad thing to be down, given that a giant explosion just happened. And the bow of their ship is smoking. You would think also they'd they're have in a, atmosphere. You would think they'd have a redundant yeah. um, fire control. It also seems weird like that. that the big gun on the front would damage that. <laughs> Uh, now, it depends on where the fire control actually is um, aboard it. Most ships, at least when they were built, had them on, like, at the top of the bridge. So that's where you see, like, radar masks, like, spinning around. That's also partly where the fire control was. Huh. Where would submarines have them, though? Because that's probably the more, for, like, a space-faring vessel like the Minerva, that's probably I don't know a that more submarines, I don't know that submarines had fire control in the same in the same manner, because their torpedoes had to be individually programmed. For running depth and uh, distance. So they didn't really have the same kind of fire control. That's fair. 
Also, now I just want a shot of Murdoch organizing a bucket brigade on the Archangel <laughs> to put out a fire with, with like the fire suppression system being down. I feel like that's the sort of thing we would have seen at some point. That is probably the kind of thing that the Japanese don't want to ever think about. That's fair. So Athens like, oh, my boyfriend's here. I, I do like <laughs> Gladys is once again telling the people on the bridge, all hands brace for impact. <laughs> she, she never got told about the phone. <laughs> Maru is always on the phone. They just never told Gladys. Maybe she's just on speed. Maybe that's Arthur's job is when to turn the speaker phone button on and off. <laughs> and although we do see it from her, we, we don't necessarily know if that if there's like some kind of code that automatically keys that and yeah. she already used that so everybody is getting it or she just has a button on her, the armrest of her chair or something i don't know we get a glory shot of the freedom i miss you baby <laughs> and then the archangel rolling up right behind it i missed you too and also waldfeld also lackis in millie's seat yep and very determined uh what's it called Maroon. archangel crew yeah they launch the Strike Rouge, which is fancy new pack that's a name I cannot pronounce that was created for the Destiny remake. Is it, it like a seraph wing? It's got six wings. I do under like I do believe or would believe that they would have built a pack that would let it f- the strike fly after five years. Not maybe not like a whole new mobile suit, but definitely develop a pack that can just fly because the mm-hmm. ale couldn't fly. And it might have even been um, the plans might have even existed before. Yep, the last war, it just didn't get produced. It seems very practical. This is only in the HD version of Destiny. In the original, she was just in the Ale Striker. Oh, interesting. That's kind of silly, because the Ale, like I said, the Ale Striker was specifically labeled as could not fly. And they upgraded it. It's super effervescent Ale Striker. So Kigali comes out and basically says, stand down, I'm the I, president. I will say, I like her crest. Yeah, I that's pretty cool. Is it a tiger? It's like a, a lion? lion's head with a rose in its mouth. And she's like, hey, Arb Sources, st- uh, stand down. She must say this on an open channel because Atherin hears it. I yep. feel like Atherin can at least be like, hey, Kigali, you all right? It's your boy fiance. Did you get married? I heard you got married and then kidnapped. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured them like having this long conversation about something like that in the middle of this battle yeah. well, where everyone is just sitting there listening to it. At least give Atherin and Kigali something to do this episode. It's like uh, couples who just post on social media to have a conversation. Yeah. (laughs) No, they're talking about it. They're talking in the middle of this battle about all this stuff that's happened. Yuna gets involved and starts yapping. And And there's some random mook in the background who's like, oh my god, shut up. Let this guy kill me already. They they start getting relationship advice from everybody. (laughs) That would be hilarious. It would. I'd watch that. So Uga's concerned face. The color of her strike rouge seems to change depending on the angle. It's actually got one of those, like, pearlescent paint coats, so just, like, depending on the angle the light hits it. It kind of makes sense that it would mostly be, like, a ceremony mobile suit, right? Yeah. I don't know that we're supposed to think that, but it does make sense. But anyway, I, she's I think like, we are. She's like, hey, everyone pull out. Because they actually bothered to animate the cool shoulder crest for it, and all the model kits come with those, and I love all of them, but <laughs> they never get animated, because that's a lot of work. To keep the crest and yeah. the crest there, Especially yeah. in motion. Then we get a flashback to why they're here. Which is basically Kali being like, what? They're going to fight like we heard last time. What's gotten into them all? Walpo was like, well, I mean, what did you think was going to happen? You you knew this was going to happen if they went this way. It which did. is exactly what Kira says. You knew this was going to happen. It's weird for Kira to be bad cop here. I do like Kira being bad cop to Lax's good cop in this like dressing down of Kigali. But it is weird where he's like, Hey, didn't you think it would happen when you were, like, agreeing to the treaty? Maru's like, hey, we're the ones who kidnapped her, and maybe it would have gone better if the president was there. 
Although I do like how Kira comes back after uh, she says this of, no, it wouldn't have. Her head was not screwed on the right way. She probably would have just been still in a wedding dress in a corner somewhere while the authors just... I mean, sometimes... The, uh, not the authors, the Sarens just did this. You just need to change your pace. You just need to be kidnapped by your brother to, like, get your head back in the game. We've all had those days, right? Yeah. And then, of course, Lacus is like, but now she's ready to do it. Although I do love how Kigali is like, wait, Lacus is backing me? I was just saying, I feel like they must have that sort of relationship. They must have built that sort of relationship in the past two years, I feel. But yeah, it is weird that she's not with Kira. Uh, anyway, uh, Walt felt. He's like, uh, so... The balance of power might shift with Orb being on the Earth Force's side. Because, I don't know, I guess the Ur- the Orb Navy is equivalent of, like, a Minerva. I do like how um, Kigali, like, gets her head on his... Just, Kira, sortie, get going. And she's like, I don't, maybe it's foolish, but I want to go stop the battle if we can. And so. Kira, that's kind of your jam, right? It's well, like, well, I, what are the resources available to her right now? I have one Kira Yamato. That's a very... <laughs> <laughs> as far as battle strength goes, that's pretty up there. Well, he is a level 20 character. I, I do feel like one of the reasons why earlier here Kira was playing bad cop was to get yeah. Kigali to make this choice or to make a choice because she was having a lot of difficulty doing that. Because like, him and Lacus exchange a smile after they, they, she makes this speech. They just as planned at each other. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, even though for uh, certain reasons I've been away, I'm still the president. I'm still the daughter of the Lion of Orb. And I say leave. I'm pretty sure I'm the chief executor of Orb. I don't know how their government works. I wonder if she's actually on a channel or if she's using a speaker. A loudspeaker? Yeah, (laughs) because Millie looks like she heard what... Like, it flashes to Millie and she has a reaction to it. So, like, is she on a channel or is she on a loudspeaker? And people in this series really like talking over loudspeakers in the middle of combat. And it, it, the way the voice is dubbed and, like, edited, it sounds like it is kind of coming over a loudspeaker. Yeah, it's got so some, I think like, you're reverb. Right. She's like, anyway, remember our ideals and withdraw. And, yeah, the Minerva's definitely reacting as well. Well, I think, like, Gladys is like, that's probably not going to happen, but she's buying us a couple of minutes with yeah. this. And Yuna loses it for a second, but he doesn't take it out on anything. Anyway, Neo gets on the phone. He's like, hey, purple hair dude, what the hell? How do you explain this? Is that really the president? And you're just like, uh, mm, uh, she did get kidnapped recently, so maybe? And I, I feel like that would be a pretty easy explanation if you just explained it. Like, possibly she was kidnapped. I don't know what she's doing here. You know, as but much I as... I know why he, he goes the other route, because he kind of has to get the orb military on his side, because I feel like... If he did say, yeah, that might be the president because of the reactions of all the officers and whatnot, they would probably just shoot him and dump him over the side. <laughs> or even, like, Neo would shoot him. Like, and Neo has their back, literally, so they have to retreat through him. Well, uh, and that, that's what he's afraid of, I yeah. think, mostly. Well, I'm, I'm just saying the, the orb troops would probably would shoot him or just leave if he actually acknowledged that she was who she claims she is. Or in the Earth Forces, more importantly, I think, might invade orb. Because, like, here is a situation where I think it's really too bad the way Yoon has been played up until now. Because, like, I feel like he's legitimately in a bind, and if we could sympathize with him, it would actually really elevate Destiny as a series if we could see where he is. Like, if it felt like the reasons he said he was joining the Alliance were the reasons. Like, If he, he wasn't just a monumental his... dick. Yeah, and, like, if he didn't seem incompetent. 
What were, like, did we ever find out what his actual motivation is? Because I honestly believe that's his real motivation. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like it, right? Because he gets so rapey with Kigali, and he gets so, like, Yeah, he is portrayed hungry. as a villain. Yeah. So. yeah and, and kind of incompetent, problem. too, in the last episode with him, you know, barfing at sea and his, Oh, Zeus's daughter. Cool name, guys. I'm the best. I'll take the front. And, like, Gundam Seed would have uh, handled that with more tact. Like, all of the villains were a threat, except Captain Beardo. But Captain Beardo isn't, like, this comical. Well, Captain Beardo was still technically a threat. He just exists so much in passing that it doesn't feel like it sometimes. He's a filler threat. Azrael is the closest to this sort of villain, but he comes in with power, right? And, and he, he comes in with all this authority, so... Well, he comes in with that, and he also comes in with a semblance of competence. Because, like, well, he's not especially knowledgeable on all military matters. He designed the other Gundams. Yeah, he's a fop, but he's a credible threat. Yeah. Whereas Yuna's just a fop. And same with Jabril, in my opinion. Especially because right now, Jabril hasn't done anything. Except yell at the president. And watch TV. Yeah, he yep. watches a lot of TV. He's just binging like, right the, now. The only like villain who has accomplished anything is Neo, right? And arguably the druggies beneath him. I, and I'm kind of grouping them together. And that's only been yeah, and uh, what has he done to the Gundams. <laughs> yeah. Like, he hasn't done anything since then. Well, he's going to try to sink the Minerva this episode, so. So anyway, Yuna's like, uh, it's got to be an, an imposter. Which, to be fair, I think in this situation is absolutely what you have to say. Even though I don't think... It, it is kind of play like Yuna might be trying to convince himself that's true, or maybe... I, like, I don't think he wants to kill Kigali, even though she humiliated him. And we see the officers react to that, as does Neo, and he's like, you activated my trap card. Hey, druggies, get ready to do a sortie. The J.P. He, Jones he is, trap card. He is furious at this because he of the position it places him in, I feel. And I feel like he does feel humiliated at this, but I don't think he's like acting like he's yelling at her because of rage. I think he's raging because he had to yell that so to speak. And again, I feel like if Yuna was a little more competent, played just a little bit more as like well-meaning but incorrect, we could sympathize him with him more and this would be like a much more dramatic turn. Where instead it kind of feels like he's just being a dick. Especially when all the officers are like, that is clearly Kigali. <laughs> that she's in Kigali's Gundam with Kigali's voice. And Kigali's crest, although you could easily paint it. Yeah. You, yep. you could easily paint a Strike Rouge. Yeah, Like he does say, it doesn't prove Kigali's piloting it. Which, you know, is a valid point. And then somebody comes back with the voice, but that's her voice. Yeah, and Yuna's like, hey, I'm married to her, kind of. Um, <laughs> On paper. Clearly, I would know what she sounds like. But he does kind of equivocate and be like, if not, she's been brainwashed. And I think that is like a legitimate concern that you, as the military leader, you kind of have to have. And he's basically like the Kigali I know and manipulated regularly would never do this. <laughs> the Kigali from Gundam C totally would, though. Yeah. And so he's like, hey, everyone attack the Archangel. Everyone attack the Archangel. Um, we don't have enough ships for that. Eh, they outnumber it. But they're, they're like, how can we do that? Like, if we don't, the Earth forces will turn around and sack Orb. Like, this is all for Orb. Which yeah. I do kind of believe him here. I just have the feeling of, like, the Archangel's always been outnumbered and has always won. They don't have enough firepower to kill the Archangel. <laughs> it's true. But no one's tried in a while. And they're even less crude than ever before. <laughs> But they have a Lacus to give a soliloquy and give everybody a buff. That's yeah, true. I like, what is their staff? Do they just have the people that were hanging out at the mansion? Or, like... that's Yeah, that is not a question you're supposed to ask. They got Murdoch. They got some people, right? Because we know they got Murdoch. They got Newman back. I think so presumably they got some other nameless people back, too. They have to have less staff military than they did before. And they don't even have all the teenagers helping out that they used to. Yep. On the other hand, if you don't have a bunch of people on the ship to, like, take care of, then you don't actually need as many people on the ship, but, like, still. 
And so Arthur's like, um, Captain, huh? And, and Gladys is like, this is like the worst possible moment to interject, Arthur. Like, I don't know what's going on. And she starts analyzing, like, Orb's not going to pull back. What are we going to do? And then Heidi's like, can I go? And she's like, yes, please do something. And so Tadaka is like, hey, uh, aim missiles at the unknown mobile suit. We will fire at the rebels who are misleading us. I, you know, I'll take full responsibility. He doesn't actually say it, but. It's kind of along those lines. And then he just thinks, you know, I'm counting on you, freedom. So he clearly <laughs> knows what it is. I, and I think it's, I'm counting on you to shoot all of these down. And then we get the most anime-ass gasp this series has ever produced, where we get literally everyone on the field gasping in unison. Except for Kira, who just locks on to do his sock footage attack, to shoot down all the missiles, which he has done before. Yuna's surprised, though, because he's he didn't watch Seed. I love how Yuna's all surprised and Captain Todaka's like, yep. yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah, Yuna didn't watch Seed. Todaka was in it. So, <laughs> To be fair, I don't think he ever saw that. I guess he probably did see the freedom uh, fighting in defensive orb. So. But I don't, Kira didn't really use that attack because he was bound, He was stuck fighting the druggies during the fight at orb. He couldn't it's really true. use it. It's fine. He read attack. books. <laughs> he saw he saw the he saw the tapes. <laughs> um, well, actually, maybe of uh, him showing up in Alaska. Yeah. So Kigali's like, "Hey, what are you doing? Like, didn't you hear me?" And the druggies begin to launch. And now that I, I know, actually one, like one, this launch sequence. Once I noticed time. it, I cannot get over the fact that this is such a terrible way to launch mobile suits. It looks really carrier. cool, though. <laughs> yeah, like the Orb Marasame is a way better because it's just you know aircraft carrier style. Uh, yep, you have a runway. But having the having them launch like you could launch them off the runway and be fine, but launching them out of the bay is so low to the water. If you're in any kind of choppy sea, you're gonna start taking on heavy amounts of water. Uh, you know, there's a water drainage system. I don't know. I say maybe it's just a moon pool in there, and it just like all goes out the bottom. What? But what? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a reasonable explanation. It's the only one I can think of personally. Well, they got—they should have to do maintenance in there. Those carriers aren't that tall. That's true. It's more reason why the Marasame is cool because it just takes off like it's a jet and then presumably lands that way. You know, that is the only explanation for a transforming mobile suit I have heard that I'm actually like, yeah, I can actually get behind that. Which one? Oh, the Marasame argument I just made. Yeah, it's—it's it's for launching and landing. Yeah, it's effectively just landing gear. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fancy landing gear. So like, okay, the Minerva's wounded, let's take it down. Uh, so Arthur gets the order to intercept. All incoming fighters. Yeah. And to send out all of our mobile suits. Um, Ray and Luna. Luna. Oh, yeah, Ray and Luna. Shins out. Because Heine, was, Heine has already uh, requested permission to launch. So Kigali watches uh, the Minerva getting attacked. Shin tries to make it back, going through daggers on the way. But he seems to be tied up. The chaos just rolls right by the savior. And then Heine launches. In Spice Gift. And then we get the, uh, the launch sequence for Lunamaria, equipping the pack and everything. It's slightly abbreviated. But Ray doesn't get a pack. <laughs> Although you have love it. how I'm Ray taking off. I'm going to jump on top <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, he this. literally just moves five feet up. He takes off right into stock footage from the previous battle at Orb. And Luna lands like basically the same. Th I think it was the same uh, stock footage attack. Or the sto same stock footage thing from, from that. I think it is. And then we get the eye catch. Hello and welcome to that part of the podcast where we stop to talk at you for a little bit. Unfortunately, I don't have anything to talk about, so buy all our games and toys is what Bandai should put on all these episodes, because look at this gif. Anyway, hey, thanks for listening to episode 23, which I have unofficially titled in my head, Heine's Last Hurrah, partially because of the alliteration. 
In the interest of keeping it short, let's blow through this really quick. Thank you for everyone who donates to our Patreon. I think we're actually just at about the point where we're covering all of our domain and email fees, which is actually super nice. And if you want more people to talk about the show with, hey, go rate us on iTunes. Or Jeremy has a Twitter, at LTOV Gundam, that ironically I think I use more than he does. So uh, if you want to have a sweet Twitter conversation, talk to us there. Or as always, drop into our Discord and chat with some peeps. That's all. Back to the episode. So anyway, Yun is like, hey, what are you doing? Go attack them. Send our mobile suit teams. It's like, but sir, we already sent all the mobile suits. R- remember, remember you yeah. asked us to do that last episode? <laughs> we we got to pick a fight with uh, with both of those battleships. <laughs> well, it's like specifically, we got to sink the Minerva or the John Paul Jones will scold us and we don't want to mess with the Earth forces. Because, like... While we have a fancy military, it's still not very oh, yeah. powerful. And, and sink the Archangel 2 while you're at it. Because, because that so- ship is the main cause of our nation's state of confusion. Yeah, that's a great idea. Pick a fight with the two most advanced battleships of the last two wars. Like, one it's of the which goddamn is crewed- Archangel. One of which is crewed by an elite crew that is a veteran of the last war. The other one is crewed by an elite crew. <laughs> to be fair, they don't know who's crewing the Archangel. That is the only possible defense. And we know but... there's only five people. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are ten. Well, I think he's. I think they're pretty sure that Maru and Waltfelt are aboard because they're probably missing. They know Kira's aboard because the Freedom is there. They know Kigali's there. Well, Kigali in quotes. Yeah, the the guy just standing on the John Paul Jones. Hi. But he's like, yeah, we have to prove we're competent, or else, you know, at least Orb's military right now is a threat to the Earth forces and if we mess up here then yeah if they think we're incompetent then we have no cards so yep guy just hanging out on the carrier trying just... to take shot shots at atherin he's busy trying to uh duel the chaos except it was weird because that was shin that went past it's, the chaos I, I know i was hoping you wouldn't mention it yep and then the abyss also tries to shoot at it and then yuna is basically like hey go attack by the way that uh, is yuna speaking here no, I believe it's uh, Tadaka. Okay. Holy like, that, shit, that, there are so many or mobile suits for one carrier. How how many mobile suits fit on a carrier? It seems to be, they're clown carriers. <laughs> Zach, it doesn't matter that they're lower up in there because it's just a, a, a pocket space. It's what? just hammer space ah. down there. So it doesn't matter how much water gets in. It just sinks to the bottom. Actually, it, what you can't see is that the ship is shaped like an iceberg. So there's actually <laughs> just like a giant mobile suit hanger. No, there's a dimensional door. These guys are all coming in from orb proper. That, that's what their carriers are. It's just a dimensional door. <laughs> um, anyway, they say that's definitely not Kigali as an imposter. Go get them, boys. Go kill the Minerva. I kind of like the look of the goof sword, but the lasers on the side of it are kind of unnecessary because something at that size you're basically using that as a club anyway yeah i really like the way it gets drawn out of the shield like how it's compact there and then but, it like expands yeah but they want it to look like the guff's heat saber and still be a beam sword and that's just a little silly especially when it ends up looking a lot like the anti-ship swords but it's different enough that i, I it's just a little goofy it's the one part of the guff ignited it's anyway. a little Goofy. Yes. Oh my uh, god. I do like its wrist. It's like wrist machine gun that it has there. The, and especially because they put it in detail when he yeah. draws the saber. And we'll get to see it in action in yeah, a moment, so I think. Kigali is frozen. And she's like, hey, Orb Forces, can't you hear me on my giant loudspeaker? During uh, the middle of active can, combat? Can't you understand me? Wrist machine Please gun. Please stop fighting. We get a shot of a Murasame using the, uh, the Savior's transformation. <laughs> yes, but uh, Kira uses a shot that I'm pretty sure is... 
the justice blocking for him from the first battle of orb i could be wrong it might be new <laughs> is that uh, shield- to block for kigali was that hole on the side yeah. of his shield always there? yeah it's one of the things i like about the freedom because it's to stick the gun through so you can hide behind it kind of tower shield style does he I ever just actually don't remember ever do seeing that? that? He's done it once before, at least. It's on the model, I promise you. But yeah, it's one of the things I like about the I, I believe you, I just don't remember ever seeing it. Probably because it's usually one of those things where yeah. they only show the shield very briefly in most instances. Yeah. So he blocks for Kigali, returns fire, blows up a gun, and he's like, Hey, Kigali, this isn't working. You need to pull back. I do still kind of love how whenever people are talking, they generally like tilt their mobile suits to look at each other. Right. <laughs> Cause like Luna did it earlier where she like turned all the way around to try and talk at Ray. Yep. Anyway, Kira's like, Hey, I'm going to go handle this now. Like chill. He, he winds up for a stock footage attack, but he does not pitch. That comes later. Then we cut to the Minerva being harassed. We get some very good machine gun fire from Minerva. I just I love, love those. seeing those mobile suits get torn apart. I just, too. I still really wish that we could see. All the, the brass those min- those miniguns are spewing, but oh my god, would that be expensive? I feel like you could CG animate that pretty easy. And we know this series isn't opposed to using CG sometimes. Yeah, but it would still be expensive. To, like, that's more money that they'd have to use. Yeah, yep. they don't have that OHMS team money. They're not charging 100 bucks an episode. Gundam will never look that good again. I do still like the like the explosion that drenches Ray's Zaku. I d- didn't we see that earlier? Yeah, that I feel like we've we commented on episode. that before. But yeah, there was it. We it happened again during that previous battle at Orb for the maneuver. Uh, the, the same one that the stock footage of him jumping onto the yeah. It's still kind of cool because it's not like we've seen it every episode. Now if they start using it a lot more, because like we've seen the the uh, all of the machine guns firing multiple times, and it's still cool. So the Minerva is taking uh, fire like it's the Archangel and just shooting down missiles, just trying to survive. (laughs) Yuna asking people to corner those ships. Corner those two ships. You do realize one of them can fly. (laughs) To be fair, he seems to have infinite mobile seats. (laughs) That is fair, but corner them against what? They're flying. We get one line of Maru actually trying to, like, do commander stuff. Then Kira goes into seed mode and has a free action, takes his stock footage attack. Blows up a bunch of enemy weapons and heads. Looks really cool, or it it looks really cool initially, but since he uses it all the goddamn time, it stops being cool. To be fair, we have not seen him use it in a long time. We saw him use it this episode. True. Five (laughs) minutes ago. (laughs) So, Heine Weston Flew starts singing Kira Yamato's theme song, which is probably (laughs) not a good idea on his part, but... See, this is one of the instances where, like, I understand why Kigali is locked up here, but, oh my god, if it wasn't a trend already... Yeah, it would be one thing if she got to do stuff all the time and like this, like she was just shocked at this, but she's done nothing ever. Um, One time she slapped Kira. <laughs> she also fired a bazooka one time. That's true. She has more bazooka hits than Amaro on foot. And she said, hey, Atherin, don't <laughs> blow yourself up. She did save Atherin, that's true. Uh, anyway, Kira's like, I'm going out, Walfelt, protect the Archangel of Kigali. Yeah, and Walfelt's like, time to like, get my beating stick. I- I'm not as good at Kira, so back me up, Captain. I like that Maru just smiles fondly as Waltfelt walks off. <laughs> yeah, like it's got a flirty energy, but I I do not know if I think they're friends or or, or flir- more than that. They're definitely flirty friends at the very least. At the very least, they're Bond and Money Penny. <laughs> <laughs> we we do find out that he's piloting a Murasame uh, in this episode because she specifically mentions it, and then we see him launching it later. Then we get to see uh, I forgot her name. It's not Luna because Luna's the cool one. Stella getting ready to howl at the moon like she's Moon Moon. <laughs> And then it jumps into uh, Heine Westenfluss uh, doing his Devo impression. Um, where he takes out a heat whip and, like, explodes. Uh, what, what is this? This is a Wyndham. Okay, a Wyndham's arm off. Well, we gotta see all the Guff's cool tricks. That is true. Yeah, again, it's not gonna last very <laughs> it's long. It's not gonna be so. here for very long. 
and he has the electric heat whip of the original Guff. So Stellatart's taking pot shots at him, but this Guff can fly. And then instead of, like, targeting a major system, he just kind of whips it a couple times and electrocutes the cockpit somehow. Yeah, he starts whipping a dog. It's it's not the best look. If he had, like, actually lash onto a, uh, an appendage or something, it would have done him better. I think he should quit goofing around. Stella transforms, and uh, Heine takes Tyler's advice and wraps up her gun. I guess that's not an appendage. But it looks like she's been disarmed. Then he's as... <sighs> this is no Zaku, pal. No Zaku! Uh, disappointingly, not in the Crunchyroll version for some reason. This is Nozaku Boy, Nozaku, because he wants to be sexy Rambo Roll too. <laughs> I mean, I really, that, that would be a cool callback to the original series since we've got the goof here again. You know, ironically, we also have sexy Rambo Roll on the field right now, <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. Would have been great if it, if uh, Walt felt had a goof and used that line. So then Stella is like, I so got a sword, uh, but Heine's like, I got dodge chance, though. Uh, it's a really cool animation. It, I was said earlier, uh, in a, maybe in a previous take of this, that it looks like they hand animated this and it's not stock animation. But it I think looks we really actually good. have seen that exact motion of someone ducking a beam saber like that before. Maybe. Uh, didn't that happen on the beach cool. right before Nickel died? Yeah, I think so. Yep. I was going to say that it looks very familiar. If nothing else, the posing is well, very similar. It's fine to have that yeah. kind of a thing because we haven't seen it in a while, so it makes it look a lot better. It's still a really cool shot. And we get to see the Abyss taking a backwards shot at the Impulse. And my favorite transformation of the savior thus far where Atherin's just like, well, need to go up now. And he just turns into a plane and flies up. Uh, so Walt Feld not only has a Murasame, it's a cool red and gold Murasame. It is. And it wait is until cool. you see his sweet ass matching helmet. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, I, it's just his old desert I know. tiger helmet. He's just saved, I guess. Uh, no, it's it's actually a different color. Is it, it is. Yeah, his uh, old one was orange. Like orange. This one is more of a gold. So Kigali's taking fire, but Walt Felt comes to save her and is like, hey, if you're not going to fight, that's fine, but retreat. You have to retreat. Um, and he does specifically not just disarm the pilot. He actually takes yeah. out the mobile suit. Well, that's because Walt Felt's not as good as Kira. He he can't aim to not kill. So hey, Luna picked up a kill. It's not a first. It's a stock footage kill, but it's a kill. Okay, the the crashing... Where it, like, skips off the water. Oh, yeah, that is, that is actually really Yeah, cool. we see a Wyndham go down and, like, skip off the ocean. And then we get some Ghost Dad. Ready for Ghost Dad? I should have checked. I think this might be the longest continuous score of Ghost Dad It's ever. a lot of Ghost Dad. Because I, I we up. get his full, like, speech that we got a couple of episodes ago in the, in the um, Shin recap where he was talking about it. It goes for one minute and 34 seconds. It's an it's a, um, extended version of that speech, too. It is decently effective. It is hurt a little bit by the fact that we just saw it, but it's probably boosted by the fact that uh, a global pandemic happened and we haven't seen it in months. <laughs> and, and it's um, here, it's interspersed with the battle. Mm-hmm. And specifically and orb fighting, which is the thing he's like, hey, don't do that. Fighting in a war outside of their nation. We get all like the reaction shots of people doing war. And doing war. Yes, doing war. <laughs> um, Don't do a war, kids. And it helps to like establish where Kigali's head is at for this particular moment. But again, it goes back to the problem of Kigali hasn't been allowed to do anything for a while, you know, since the series started. So the fact that she's still not doing anything. Well, and she's like feeling really bad because she's powerless. She's like starting to cry about it. She's like, this is specifically what I wanted to stop. I do like that we get a shot of uh, Shin and his sister watching the speech on TV as part of a weird flashback, forward back, I don't even know back. I like We've seen that shot before, but I think it really helps showing where Shin's headspace is on that, which is a thing we often complain about. And Shin doesn't get a lot to do this episode, so like I think that helps him a lot. He just took out a dude. 
Yeah, he died. But, I mean, it's generic move 27. Out of, well, 27. I think you're a little low there. I there think there have been Super Robot Wars levels with fewer enemies than this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're the pretty yeah. early ones. Are you thinking the early ones or the late There's ones? There's been Dynasty Warriors games with less enemies than Ooh, this. Ooh, okay. But not the Dynasty Wars Gundams no. games. Shots fired are... and they probably hit something because there are so many of them. <laughs> we are Gundams. Should you aim? No. Why? Because there's so many of them. Aiming just takes too much time. Uh, so Kigali cries at the death of Orb's Ideals. Shin's parents are dead. Yeah, we get at the, the at Orb's Ideals. <laughs> I can only imagine what Kigali's mobile suit is just like floating there <laughs> as she's crying. Waltfelt gets a line that I think is a bit excessive, but it does have a cool cut in at him. Also, we get to see his uh, or full body shot of his suit, and it looks pretty rad. I mean, the Murasame is a good design, and, and golden red is a good color scheme. Yep. We see Kira just disarming everybody. Yeah, this is a cool backflip. Like, pretty much effortlessly. I do really like that. I kind of think Kira Yamato is one of the biggest problems with Gundam Seed Destiny, but as a huge Kira Yamato sandboy, I do love him just coming and, like, taking names and schooling everybody. Well, he is a level fight. 20 character. Yeah. And I do love how, like, they, one of their uh, crew members on the Archangel is like, there are ships coming in on the Minerva, and Maru's like, can you aim between them? It's like, yes, okay. So they fire in between everything and cover the Minerva. It's like, yeah, this is an elite crew. They know what they're doing. And yeah, but Talos is like, what the, what the hell are they doing? First they come in and destroy our main cannon, and now they're covering us? What's their angle? Right in between people. Shots of uh, Kira shots just landing, blowing up guns, and mostly arms. Some heads. And now we get Atherin going, Kira, for like the next 20 minutes. Like, my so. boyfriend, I have to say hi. I can't do anything because he's here now. I've I, been damseled. I do feel <laughs> like we get a shot of him like trying to find the frequency Kira is using. And I feel like that's because he doesn't want to like have a, la- a conversation about that on broadcast. Meanwhile, Shin comes up and is like, who's this guy? A main character? I do like whenever Shin is impressed by veterans. Like, yep. Shin clearly can at least recognize skill. Because he had something similar when he was watching Diarca and Izak. Oh. And obviously Kira is plus one from them. I just noticed that uh, the Impulsor Shield has the same, like, peaky hole. Yes. So Kira rewards Shin's inquisitiveness with a drive-by disarm. <laughs> he takes off his, his uh, gun arm. And, like, Shin just watches him go by and then realizes... Oh, Shin doesn't he, even have time to be surprised or angry. Well, like, like he sees him go by, and then later on, like right after Kira flies off, Shin's like, "What happened to my arm?" <laughs> I do like the shot later of the gun falling. Yep, he does a barrel roll and takes a cool like railgun rail gun shot, shot at the submerging one, and he's and he's like, "What the hell? Nothing has hit me so far." And this guy just did a drive by. Like Kira is in the same motion. It's super again as a Kira Yamato fanboy. I am into this. Now it's like, who the hell is this? And, Although, and Heidi's like, what? He's disturbing my battle presence. I mean, he's over there, but <laughs> I do think very distracted. That, that is one of those things, though. The railguns probably wouldn't have gotten down to the part where they would have actually hit the, uh... I, he was skimming sure pretty... Surface. Yeah, so he looks Maybe. like he's skimming pretty close to the surface. Like, so. so he can pop up and take pot shots, so... I don't think he is, like, heavily submerged. Kira has not quite a new type flash, but we get a cut of him to... Neo. Neo with a, that sound effect. He's like, huh. This feeling... The Archangel's like, hey, that ship, we're going to stop it. I do like the shots of the Valiants firing as yeah, well. Yeah, that was really nice with and the it recoil. a huge wave that blows the uh, the destroyer off. <laughs> Whose <laughs> side are they on? I think they're on their side. It's like, well, you did say shoot them down, fire a lot of missiles at them. So I don't think it's our side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not ours. I just love how Yuna's like, whose side are they on? And the captain's just like, 
Uh, I'm not dignifying so, this. Okay, so really quick, we cut back to Heine and Stella, and Stella has transformed back into dog mode on top of the same rock she was on earlier. To growl and scare off the, the scary <laughs> goof man. <laughs> He's just posturing now. And, and Heine has flown away. Yeah. He had her not quite dead to rights, but... I feel like the scary goofman is like... <laughs> Gary Guffman is my business persona. <laughs> <laughs> scary is a word first name, or is that like a uh, like an ironic nickname that <laughs> yes. he picked up at the office? It's Larry Scary Guffman. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's like a that's a terrible nickname that a manager gives himself. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was a manager. So anyway, Stella goes for a jump. Uh, at Kira. Yeah, but Kira's like, nah, boy, babe. I, and uh, just slashes off her... Front, uh, paws, front paws, which are her arms. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's like one of those. I'm not sure what to do with this thing, so I'm just gonna take these I, front two. Pieces. I love the way that the this is the guy, right? Yes. Yeah, I love the way that it's falling. It looks like it's looking at his hands. It's like my hands are too short, <laughs> and it falls in the water. And Atherin's like, "Hey, Kira, what are you doing? Kira, pay Stop attention it. to me, Kira." Heidi's like, "You think you can one v all us?" <laughs> and Kira's like, "Well, it ain't bragging if you can back it up." <laughs> yeah, you cocky bastard. Uh, have you been watching? So he, like, starts firing a wrist, his wrist barrage. Gun. Doesn't touch Kira and loses the arm. I love that there's, like, steam coming out of, like, a, presumably a hydraulic vent in the center of the arm after I, it cuts I do off. love how Atherin pops up right next to Kira. And then doesn't Kira do anything. Lo- Kira looks at him. He's like, hey, you're in Atherin's colors. <laughs> yeah, th- huh, that's an Atherin-colored mobile suit. But Atherin can't be there. Atherin wouldn't be fighting here. Uh, so we see the... The guy get back up. It's like, how dare you do this to me? It's got its little wing blades. Baku wings. And it jumps. And then the goof lazily drifts in front of it. He jumps at Kira. Yes, and the goof is like, no, Kira might down me. Down, Mr. President. <laughs> and and Sela sees this and is like, well, going to need more thrust to get through both of those. It's a reverse nickel. <laughs> <laughs> You're in my way. Uh, so she like kicks on some like wing jets. And, and Heine, one of the like Zaft elite, not paying attention... Gets it's nickeled. cut in half from the back. Well, Kira's is so bishy. And, and, the, and the, the freedom admits bishy sparkles. So. It does. <laughs> the freedom is just too damn sexy. It runs its actual powers. Yes. It's actually a myth that it runs on nuclear energy. The nuclear energy is just there to like power the cockpit. It actually runs on bishy energy. <laughs> I'll explain why Kira's the only one that can pilot it. Atherin could also pilot it, I think. It's like Dark is like, I can't pilot we, that we, thing. We get... The uh, the goof exploding from like ten different angles. It's a very well animated explosion. It is. It is. You see little pieces flying off. Heidi, <laughs> the guy I met once and like my kind of... beer. <laughs> and Heidi less than Plus. God rest his soul. Hopefully, we get that movie and TM Revolution can return for another bit character. <laughs> I, I love how Stella like <laughs> flies to try and you know keep guts cut Heidi in half and just yeah. keeps Ke- on going. Kira and got Kira a- just. Punts it in the face. Kira's like, oh, I watched Chuck Norris did this, and I wanted to try it in a Gundam. As he turns around and punts her. Um, (laughs) The foot is so detailed on the Freedom. Like, the Freedom has so much detail in this shot. Yeah, Heine did nothing, because Kira definitely could have done this if it had not chopped through a guff. Anyway, he's like, bad doggy. Go back in the water. Sit, Ubu. And as it's falling, we see the uh, chaos go and pick it up on the way out. And then they get the signal to retreat. Yeah, the recall signal. And Kira's just, all right, I'm out. I'm leaving. And then Atherin, very angry. Heine. Yeah, I was actually a little surprised here that Kira didn't stop to talk to Atherin. I'm like, oh, wait, he doesn't know that, or Atherin's in that suit. And I totally get the feeling that Atherin is blaming Kira for this. 
But why? He did not. He literally all he did was come in and remove the people's ability to kill people. Yeah, and like, which is his mo. They yeah, already well, established Kira, this last season. He was season. so sexy that Heine couldn't concentrate. <laughs> Kira's not on the hook for any of this. He, he um, just had a mirror come and be sexy at him, and he couldn't concentrate. <laughs> so he knows how distracting it is. Kira, uh, you should have turned off the bishy sparkles. Dang it! Uh, Gladys does have like angry glare at them, which actually. She has reason, because Kira did destroy up. her big cannon. Shin just seems to be like, like he met a famous person. He's just To like, be fair, he kind of did. Yeah. I guess he's seen the freedom, too. So. so the archangel being escorted by the freedom leaves the battlefield over the credits. And that's the episode. So, Tyler, do you have a high point? Actually, quite a few this episode. I think probably my favorite is probably going to be the punting of the <laughs> Gaia. Yeah. Um, just because it's a really good shot. Like, everything leading up to it, it's a really nicely detailed shot. And then, like, how the chaos picks up the Gaia as it's falling in, like, a very anime retreat move. Zach? I think I might have to go with how effortless the freedom, like, just slaughters its way through the battlefield. Yeah, I mean, that was going to be my Kiriyamato fanboy pick. <laughs> It really is reinforcing that Kira is a vet, not only a veteran, but a particularly gifted pilot, and the freedom is top tier when it comes to power level. He's the best pilot on the field in the best suit on the field, arguably, and he's just wrecking face. The, the even, field being the entirety of the war. Yeah. Even though they don't bring up the batteries in the phase shift armor very much in Destiny, even the most advanced stuff everybody else is using are running on batteries, and we know that. Mm-hmm. And the freedom is not. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's my real one is the one Zach took. So I'm going to take like the characterization of Yuna, which is like at its top here. Like if it was this good all the time, I think that would be a huge improvement to the series overall. I still think like we were talking about earlier, even in this, I feel like a little bit of like sympathetic light would be nice. But mm -hmm. well, making him like determined, but misguided and a lot less rapey yes. early on. Would be we just would do need a to lot. throw him on a boat with all men so he can't be creepy at anybody, and it fixes him. Uh, speaking from experience, he can still be creepy at other men. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, low point, Tyler. I don't actually have a ton. I guess mostly just I, this is the easy one. Mostly just like Kigali still doesn't get to do anything. She actually has justification for it this episode, but but again, like while it's justified here. She still never has gotten to do anything. Yeah, it's just really sad to see her in, like, this brand new kick-ass mobile suit and, like, just still not be able to do anything. Zach? I think I have to go with how easily and cheaply Heine goes out. Even though he is, like, a filler character, he could have made it a little better than just, whoops. Like, I listed lazily to the left into the path of death. Yep, well, he was getting ready to, like, backstab Kira. I do like also that Atherin sounds more just, like, surprised rather than, like, shocked. Or He's like, oh, Heine? What? <laughs> <laughs> then he sounds angry when talking after Kira. I would say more frustrated. I think mine is going to be, like, how Shin and Atherin don't really get to do anything in this battle. Like, we do see Atherin, them kind of fighting the druggies a little bit, but they don't get any of the spotlight moments. Because this one is primarily uh, bringing Kira back in as a, and spotlighting Kira in conflict. And spotlighting the guth as well. Buy all our playsets and toys! She commando-o's! Speaking of, I think we should put the guth on our list. I agree! Because so, it's the last time we're going to see it, right? It's the last time we'll see a spice guth. Is that other guths come in later? Yeah. Okay. I do like the guth ignited design. I really, I like, really it, like it. Also, um, I do want to make this joke because I almost forgot about it, but I guess Heine is now a pumpkin dice latte. 
Um, that was bad even for you. I thought it was pretty good. The thing is, I like the GIF a lot, the like classic GIF a lot too, but I don't think that the GIF Ignited is as big an upgrade as the Zaku Warrior is to the classic Zaku. The question is, is the GIF Ignited better than the Zaku Warrior? Yeah, I don't think so. And I is actually that Zaku kind of... Warrior without any packs yeah. on it? I think it's better than the baseline, personally, because I really like that wrist-mounted cannon and the sword. I'm, I'm a big fan of swords, even though on something that size, it's more club than sword. I'm actually siding with Zach on this one. Um, I really like the goof design. Okay, directly above the Zaku Warrior, we have the Zaku Gunner. Which is Luna's? Yes, Diarca has one as well. I do not think it's better than the Zaku Gunner. The, <laughs> the big-ass cannon big is Big cannon does good. it for me. I think I also agree with Zach there, so... Wow, that was easy. So the Goof Ignited will go in at number six. Also, I do really like the dumb heat whip. It's incredibly impractical, but it's just really well, cool. Like you, like you said, if you're thinking about it in like a zero G thing, you yeah, can definitely you, use it as a mobility tool. Yeah, if you could like control uh, positioning better. I, like I could even see it like grappling off of asteroids or something. Um, if you got debris floating around. Mm-hmm. Also, what's a Gundam episode two is now in the public feed, in which we decided we should rank the Sandrock. Oh, nice. Okay, I didn't listen to it. I forgot it went into the public feed. So, Sandrock, not my favorite Wing Gundam, and I don't think Sandrock. Wing Gundams are good designs. On the other hand, the Sandrock's one of the more unique ones. It is, and th- which like is its, why I like it. Uh, I but... like its Kofesh, but I'm not a big fan of the Sandrock. Yeah, we need to make the decision now. Do we want to rank the Sandrock and the Sandrock Kai as two different mobile suits? They're the same yeah. thing. It yeah, just gets base. an Uzi. Yeah, yeah they're okay. almost identical. Okay. I just, we needed to make that decision. It's uh, not one, like the Heavy my... Arms Custom or, well, the Endless Waltz Heavy Arms Custom, because the actual Heavy Arms Custom is yeah. basically yeah. Heavy Arms. We, if we get to Endless Waltz, we definitely have to rank those separately, I think. But it's not like Ultron or the Death Scythe. Yeah, Ultron is a big or, upgrade uh, over Wing the Zero. Because one of my biggest problems with the Sandrock is it doesn't have a ranged weapon, and that really bothers me, as cool as the Kopish are. Other um, than its Vulcans. Yeah, and the Uzi, like... I kind of appreciate it's not just a beam gun, but it does nothing for me. And also, like, already projectile weapons are kind of eh, unless yeah. they're giant rail guns. I mean, it's got to compete with the heavy arms and the wing zero. Actually, and, and in for wing... melee, it's competing with the death scythe. In, uh, in wing, projectile weapons are actually much better. Are they? I, don't f- I still feel like the Vulcans never do anything. The Vulcans don't, but heavy arms is all ballistics. That yeah okay it's got bigger and actually, shells the, though uh, the Leos are all armed with ballistics actually mo- there aren't very many beam weapons in Wing that's true it's mostly just the Wing why don't we start by comparing it to the Shenlong the one mobile suit from Wing that we have on here I like the Shenlong quite a bit uh, I like the Shenlong but I like the Dragon Gundam and it's just the fucking Dragon Gundam with the cool things that Dragon Gundam can do taken away I would rank the Sandrock higher it's got a better paint scheme the Kofish are cool. So now it falls you, Jeremy. I think I agree with Zach very slightly. Directly above the Shenlong, we have the Chaos. And I'm weirdly fond of the Chaos. Uh, I definitely don't like the Sandrock as much as the Chaos. I, uh, well, so, I no, really no, either. sorry. I'm thinking of the Gaia. Never mind. Never mind. Um, I have no strong feelings about the Chaos. I don't really like the Sandrock as much as the Chaos because the Chaos has a bit more unique fe- uh, features. Because it's, tr- it's got the mobile armor thing transformation going on and it's got its own funnels going. And so just like, to be contrary, different. I'm going to vote the Sandrock because I really like Katra. So my my instinct is to say the Sandrock is better, but I think that might be mostly nostalgia. No, I um, really don't think it is. Um, I like I said, mostly just to be contrary was saying that I really think the Chaos is better than the Sandrock. Okay, so we'll just right about the Shenlong. I'm tr- I'm trying to decide. Um, 
Well, I don't like the chaos that much, is the thing. But I don't I like don't. the Sandrock that much either. Exactly. And also, Zach and I already have, by majority rule, Oh, okay. voted you out. So, <laughs> Oh, you were voting for it to go underneath the chaos? Y- yes and no. I was mostly playing devil's advocate, um, just to foster some discussion. But I, I actually think the chaos is better on the very arbitrary metric scale by which we rate these things. <laughs> okay, so we have one more duty, which is Ghost Dad! Like I said, we got a minute 34 of Ghost Dad, which is a pretty good scoring for an episode. It's also continuous, and I believe, I'm scrolling through now, it's the highest continuous Ghost Dad we've ever had. We had a minute 28 before. Not the highest total per episode, but the highest continuous? Yes. That brings his total time in Destiny to 3 minutes and 55 seconds. Oh man, we're we're getting there. He's been dead for 4 minutes and 34 seconds. Again, he was alive for 16 minutes and 59 seconds. So we're about a quarter of the way there. But we still have more than half of Destiny. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to cross that finish line. We'll see. Especially since they cut out two uh, clip episodes, episodes, which might have been a particularly large chunk of change. My question is, did he have more continuous time alive than he did at? No. (laughs) Uh, He had one that was very close. He had one that was in four seconds, but he never had a scene that long while he was alive. <laughs> and that, that's Although, ma- to be fair, I, if he continues talking over a scene, then I count that as one. Yeah, for unit. sure. And I think that's maybe why it seems like he's in Destiny more than he's in Seed is because he gets more continuous time. That might be. So that is all of our duties. So thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week with Phase Twenty Four: Differing Views. Well, really, we're just now getting to differing views, guys. People are going to have different opinions. It's going to be weird. It might lead to some conflict. Until then, we have to keep watching. It is our destiny.